Welcome to Untold Stories of Perth. This episode features the life of an Indigenous man who, using bush skills of his people and the horsemanship he learnt from the settlers, became an indispensable part of several important explorations of the land from Western Australia on through South Australia. I'm Iris Vardy and together with Ryan Zaknich of Two Feet and a Heartbeat, we will be exploring the life of Tommy Windage, a name not well known today, but a household name back in the late 1800s. Right, you know, on our walks around Perth, we see a number of symbolic references to Tommy Windage, yet know very little about him. What can you tell us about Tommy? Yeah, thanks, Iris. Tommy was a Noongar fella, born out in the Beverly District in 1840. He was brought up there, but ended up in Bunbury. It's not known exactly how he ended up so far away, but it's suggested that there was a devastating epidemic in his homeland and through systems, government systems, ended up down in the Bunbury region. And his fame at the time arose from his mateship, and subsequent explorations with John Forrest and his brother Alexander Forrest. And these were all young, adventurous fellas. They're in their 20s. They love being on the back of a horse and they bonded. Well, and of course, these weren't just any forests. I mean, John Forrest became our first Premier of WA and his brother Alexander Forrest became Mayor of Perth. Now, look, I understand that Tommy always went on the explorations with the Forrest brothers. He did. There were normally four or five other people with various skills to try and keep them alive. And they undertook numerous expeditions together, but we'll talk about a few of the major ones that changed the landscape of Australia today. And strangely enough, the first one was to discover the fate of another explorer named Leichhardt, who was trying to get from Brisbane to find a route to Perth. It seemed he fell off the map somewhere in the great sandy desert years before. So unfortunately, Windich and Forrest didn't find any evidence of Leichhardt's expedition. But in 2006, historians and scientists authenticated a tiny brass plate that was engraved Ludwig Lightheart 1848 that was discovered by an Aboriginal stockman in 1900 and that now lives in part of the National Museum of Australia. Mm. And now this expedition took them about five months. Um, how long before the next expedition? Not very long at all. They took off the next year and Tommy and co were blazing a path off to Adelaide which they allowed six months. They made it but it certainly wasn't easy. The group encountered a lot of different people along the way. And most of the time, verbal communication wasn't easy. Sure, Tommy was an indigenous fella, but Noongar language is very different from something out in the deserts in South Australia. But uh, there was certainly a benefit to having a black fella with you if you're a white fella for cultural divides being bridged. But ultimately, Tommy's great skills were from his people's connection to the land for millennia. Um, Later, he went with Alexander Forrest on a three-month trip to down Esperance Way for exploring a pastoral land and the next record of Tommy is back in his homelands in the Beverly District. So this is predominantly during the 1870s and at this time so much of the Australian interior was really unknown to colonials. Now most listeners will know the names Burke and Wills who famously died in the previous decade trying to get from Melbourne to present day Darwin. Why are they famous but Tommy Windich and the forests as explorers are not? There's probably a few reasons, but my guess for the main one is that they didn't spectacularly fail and die. Yeah, and this was, I'm sure, in no small part due to Tommy's bushman skills, wasn't it? Yeah, there was great danger in these expeditions and the biggest is running out of water. And this is something that Tommy was especially skilled at. Normally he was successful, but there was this one expedition where it was really touch and go. In 1874, Tommy, John Forrest and co departed from Geraldton to trek to Lake Eyre just north of Adelaide looking for pastoral lands. And the journey was to last about nine months. And there is a point 
Later in the trip where Tommy just could not find water anywhere, no watering holes, nothing. They were fast running out and not just for them, but also for the horses that they relied on. And after days and days of searching for a drop of water and nothing coming up, miraculously, Tommy finds one, but it's actually salty and the horses wouldn't even drink it. And it's recorded from some of the diaries kept on these expeditions that it was the first time Tommy ever had to drink salt water in his life. Mm. And I found this interesting quote from John Forrest in the Daily News about what it's actually like to be thirsty. Um, This was the 5th of June um, in 1905, and this is what he said. It's a strange sensation to be very thirsty. When asleep, one imagines he is drinking long draughts of liquid without getting any forrider, meaning further ahead. He wonders he's not satisfied and refreshed and wakes to find it is but a dream after all. Yes, there was a lot of thirst and actually a lot of the horses started to die after being days and days without water. But fortunately, there comes a time where Tommy just starts finding springs again and they're found on a daily basis. They make it all the way on to Adelaide and then on a boat back to Perth where the celebrations were to begin. Well, that's right. And of course, at the Perth Town Hall, there was a great celebration dinner. And of course, it's in these very public forums that John Forrest really didn't hold back on his praise for Tommy. Um, Interestingly, though, when Tommy was invited on stage to speak, um, he declined because he was just too shy. Now, it seems that after this great expedition, uh, Tommy falls off the radar for some time until um, he shows up working as a guide constructing the telegraph line to Esperance. Um, This seemed to be his uh, last time that we hear of him, Ryan. What happened? Well, put simply, Iris, he got pneumonia. He Mm. caught a chill, fell ill, and he passed away while waiting for a boat to take him to Perth for treatment. And of course, at the time of Tommy's death, John Forrest again spoke highly of Tommy Windage, telling the Enquirer and Commercial News of Perth on March 15, 1876, the following, and I quote, This faithful and intelligent native has passed away, still in the field of exploration, as he has been for so many years. He was still quite a young man and has been intimately connected with every exploration in this colony for the last 10 or 12 years. He accompanied Mr Hunt, Mr Alexander Forrest and myself. Twice he crossed with me from this city, Perth, to Adelaide and took very prominent part in these expeditions. He possessed great knowledge of the interior and I feel sure was the most experienced and best bushman in the colony. He has died far away from his own home and from his friends, for his name is almost a household word in this colony. I will take steps to have the spot where he is buried fenced in and marked. To me, who has had him for my only companion on so many trying occasions, the tidings of Tommy's death is especially sad, and I feel that I have lost an old and well-tried companion and friend. Ryan, John Forrest is immortalised in a huge statue in Kings Park. Alexander Forrest has a statue at Stirling Gardens in the city. Um, Has Tommy been immortalised? He has, but it's certainly not in the same level of grandeur. So along St George's Terrace, the main street in Perth City, there are plaques installed commemorating various people over the years. And there is one for Tommy. It's in front of the old newspaper house. But I think that most people have never seen it. And over the years, hundreds of thousands of people have walked straight across it and never noticed it. And now I hope that they do. Well, thank you for exploring the life of the amazing Tommy Windage with me. Thank you, Iris. And thanks to all of you for joining us in this episode of Untold Stories of Perth, commissioned by the City of Perth. This episode was written and recorded in May 2020 by Ryan Zaknich and myself, Iris Vardy, from Two Feet and a Heartbeat. I look forward to your company in another of our 
Untold Stories of Perth podcast. <laughs>